89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And uh, by the wonders of Zoom, we're able to have a chat to a man who is currently based in the Philippines. Uh, Elmo joins us now. G'day, Elmo. G'day, mate. How you doing? I am doing really well. Uh, now, you might be in the Philippines, but we do hear a bit of an Australian accent there. Uh, where, where are you from? Uh, originally from Melbourne, uh, out in the western suburbs. That's where I grew up. Wonderful. But uh, I've been over here in the Philippines for the last uh, six or seven years now. Excellent stuff. Now, you're uh, working with Destiny Rescue, and we're going to really uh, get stuck right into what Destiny Rescue is and the work that you're doing. Um, have you been in the Philippines all of that time with Destiny Rescue, or is that something more of recent times? No, uh, I've, I've been with Destiny, Destiny Rescue the entire time I've been here. Yeah. Um, I was one of the first volunteers that was sent out here to pioneer the projects uh, back in 2014, I think it was. Excellent. And, and we sort of want to be, uh, you know, explore a bit more around this. So perhaps for those who've never heard of Destiny Rescue, Elmo, what, what would you best describe the, the work of Destiny Rescue as? Uh I guess to, to sum up uh, Destiny Rescue in a nutshell is, is we, we go out and, and rescue kids from sexual exploitation, uh, from either prostitution, uh, mainly prostitution, uh, that, that could be in bars, brothels, bars, you, you name it. Uh, but, you know, we, we also deal with a lot of uh, trafficking over the borders, uh, child marriages, uh, so quite a few different facets of, of rescuing children out of really exploitive situations. Yeah. Now, when you say rescue, uh, some may think, uh, so are you meaning you're a, you're a lawyer and that's what you're doing? You're working behind the scenes and you're making sure people are prosecuted and uh, rings are shut down. Is that the sort of work that we're talking about or is it uh, more the actually going in and taking people away? Yeah, our project here in the Philippines, we uh, we mainly concentrate on the hands-on, uh, the how you describe it, going in and rescuing these uh, these victims, these kids, uh, out of the brothels and out of the hands of pimps. Uh, we work a lot with law enforcement over here, um, as well as the Department of Justice. So. Uh, the legal elements of uh, of the industry uh, we also tackle. So, like what you mentioned, uh, you know, working with lawyers, working with judges, to make making sure that these uh, criminals go away. Yeah. Um, take us, I suppose, now that we sort of get the headline of what Destiny Rescue is. I, I'm fascinated in your story of how you've actually got there, and we should say too that um, even though we're we're having a chat via Zoom. That's the best way we could connect in. We're not going to show your face. We're we're actually even changing <laughs> that, that name as we as we talk about this too, uh, Elmo, because um, this is something that, as you said, it, it is covert. It is um, you yeah. know something that is really dangerous. If those who are the pimps in these situations find out who you are, then that's not good for you at all. So take us through the the, the, decide, the decision to even get involved in this way back all those years ago for you to say, all right, I'll stick my hand up, I'll travel to a, a different country and I'll, I'll put myself in danger constantly. Take, take us through that. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my, 
my whole journey through all this started with uh, me being a, a musician, basically. Um, I, I, I was fortunate to have a career in music and travelled the world uh, playing music. And a, a lot of the countries that I got to visit outside uh, the venues that we'd be playing at, whether it be stadiums or uh, your small bars and pubs, uh, particularly your, your Southeast, Southeast Asian countries, uh, homeless people and, and uh, uh, street workers were, were always around uh, these kinds of places. Um, and it was from there that really got me intrigued on, on how they got there, how, uh, you know, how, how their lifestyle was. And it, it took a lot of, uh, I, I guess, research, reading books, talking to people, uh, and, and really exploring you know, how uh, how I can make a difference or, or what, what I can do, uh, yeah, to make a difference. Because this is someone's daughter, this is someone's mum, uh, someone's sister, um, and, you know, maybe that there is something that, that I can do to, to help them out of that situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it all started from there and, and uh, within about a year, I, I took a trip to Thailand with one of my best friends. Uh, we went on a Destiny Rescue uh, two-week short trip, uh, and we got introduced to some of the staff behind the scenes at Destiny Rescue in Thailand and in Cambodia. Uh, and from there, music to me just sort of uh, wasn't as important anymore. This is the direction that that I felt uh, God was leading me to uh, and that I was being called for. Yeah. Uh, and, and one thing led to another and, and I applied for a position, got trained for this position and seven years later, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> Incredible. And I suppose part of me says, you know, being a muso uh, going into this field does seem a bit unusual you know i'd imagine okay well a former police <laughs> officer or someone who worked in the military or a swat team or something you know they, they seem like more, more more natural fits but uh as you've heard it you know as you've described it's the heart that's behind it what sort of training did you actually have to go to 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 go from, you know being the muso to somebody who's actually able to go in and, and literally rescue people from these situations sure well i mean i, I think that that was part of but being a muser was part of, uh, I, I, I guess, the, the rite of passage to this in some way. Um, you know, they're somewhat familiar uh, places that, that we'd, we'd go and play in and, and you know, we'd, we'd be comfortable playing in bars and pubs, and, uh, you know, uh, th- those sorts of uh, venues, even here in, in the Philippines. Um, whereas we, uh, we, we've we've had some friends who have had police backgrounds and, and military backgrounds um, who may not necessarily be comfortable in those kinds of situations. Mm. Uh, so you know, fitting in for us as as covert uh, operatives, uh, fitting in, it, it just came natural to us. Uh, we, we were not bound to certain trainings or 
uh, protocols as military as policemen. All of that training came after uh, we actually started getting in there and, and working on, on more hardline cases and, and more high-risk cases. It was only from there that we started training with uh, the military and, and with SWAT and special forces and, and whatnot. Uh, but that came after the, I started the job. Uh, I started on the job. Can you re- remember for us now, Elmo, that, that sort of, you know, having done all the training, okay, now you're over in the Philippines. This is where you're going to be. Can you, you remember what it was like to do that first rescue? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, our first raid here, uh, we rescued five uh, five girls, five teenagers out of a little bamboo-type makeshift brothel. Uh, it was being fronted as a, a bit of a drinking bar. Um, and we were working with the Philippine National Police at that stage. Um and I mean, the, 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 there was just so much going on. I mean, the, the, the traffic here is uh, is crazy. Um, it's nothing like Melbourne traffic. Uh, so you know, not only having to to worry about the traffic and the outside conditions, but trying to make sure that that everything on the inside, uh, inside the brothel, everything was was going to plan. Uh, we had the media with us, so we had to make sure that uh, that they were safe, and that they were covering uh, what they needed to cover. Uh, you know, j- just having uh, our security team, uh, you know, making sure that everyone's safe. It, there, there was just so much going on. It was a it was a whole lot of emotions. Uh, but then when when we got those. Uh, those five girls out and we were heading back to headquarters. Oh man, like the, the feeling it, it's it's somewhat addictive. Right? Yeah. Just knowing that you've you've helped uh, you you've helped stop the cycle of this hurt the, the, the hurt that they go through every night. Um, and you, you're a part of their rescue or you you know you you're able to put an end to that. It's yeah, it's nothing short of addictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Elmo, to perhaps you know, not necessarily those specific girls there, but more generally, what is it like for those who have been rescued in those first hours and perhaps even day afterwards? I'd imagine that um, going through what they've gone through, um, there is a whole lot of trauma that's occurring, and as much as they they are actually in a safe place. I'd, I'd imagine that doesn't necessarily always feel like that for them, especially when it might be quite a dramatic rescue. Yeah. I mean, we, we try and uh, keep it as low key as we can um, and as stress-free as we can. Uh, but I mean, most of the times because we are working as uh, undercover uh, operatives, uh, you know, we have to put on a, Certain persona uh, or, or a character um, of someone who, who goes to these places quite often. Um, so they they get attached to that persona, uh, and and I mean there's a huge point of difference between us and your regular 
uh, customer who goes to these places. You know, obviously, we're, we're not going to we're not going to uh, do things that they're going to do. Um, and so, j- just even that alone, like th- that builds such a bond between us and these these victims, uh, these girls. Um, so, w- when they get attached to these uh, personas of ours, and then they find out on on raid night that we're not actually who we say we are, that we're part of uh, the police or we're part of, you know, a rescue team or so on and so forth. Um, you know, they, they get quite confused, somewhat angry uh, that we've been lying to them this whole time, um, you know, that we didn't say uh, who, who we are really. Um, but at the same time, they're relieved that they don't have to go back to that place. That they're relieved that they uh, that they're not going to be raped anymore. That, you know, they're they're relieved that they've now got a brighter future. Mm. Uh, so in, in those first few hours, there's, there's quite a quite a bit of emotion that, that's flying around. Uh, we usually uh, see them calm down the, the next morning uh, over breakfast. Uh, usually by breakfast time. Uh, there's smiles all around, and you know, the, the, there's a lot more friendly banter going around. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, I think it's just a natural thing uh, that they get a bit confused and a bit angry uh, at us. Uh, yeah. Because essentially, we are we are pretending to be someone else. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be back with Elmo in just a couple of moments' time. He's from Destiny Rescue. And a few things that uh, we want to talk to Elmo about, uh, we're speaking to him from the Philippines. So we, we want to ask next a, a little bit around what happens when things don't go quite to plan in the middle of one of these rescues. How do you think on your feet? What do you, what do, you do in those moments? We want to talk about some of the uh, opportunities that these girls have beyond just that first day of rescue. There's whole programs that Destiny Rescue are a part of, which help them get on their feet. We'll hear that from Elmo as well. Uh, Plus, we heard there uh, that he has to sort of put on that persona. How did he go at learning the acting skills? We'll we'll dig a bit more into that as well next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton, and we're having a chat uh, to the Philippines at the moment, and Elmo from Destiny Rescue is having a chat to us. He's been over there for the last seven years, an Aussie, in fact, a Melbourneian, and uh, heard about the work of Destiny Rescue and has decided to actually dedicate uh, this whole period of his life to being over there and actually rescuing uh, girls and women uh, from places where they are being forced into prostitution, brothels, and so on and so forth, uh, uh, the various aspects that are occurring. Uh, we do know that it does seem to happen more widespread through Southeast Asia. Uh, and certainly the Philippines is a, a country that uh, Elmo is doing his work in at the moment. Uh, we have mentioned as well, not his real name. We're not going to show you any pictures of his face or anything like that, even if you head to the website later on, uh, because the work that he does is uh, you know, pretty specialised and obviously his identity does need to be protected. Uh, Elmo, let's talk a little bit more around, uh, you know, you mentioned a bit earlier on that you're actually living different personas, uh, you know, undercover in a way uh, as you go about understanding maybe a, a local brothel and what's occurring, what's actually happening. So you can then plan the rescue and get in there. As you said earlier, you know, you're not going to take part in the services, but you, you're hanging around. You have to sort of fit in. You've got to 
you've got to take on the persona of someone who may go in there. How did you go about actually doing those acting skills? If that's something that's just not like you at all, of course, then how did you go about actually doing that? Is there a lot of practice you have to actually do? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's, uh, there, there's certainly a lot of on-the-job training or on-the-job on practice. Um, I mean, before uh, we started getting out there uh, as much as we do now, there was a lot of role-playing between me and some of the other guys here. Um, you know, so, some really far-fetched ideas, some far-fetched uh, scenarios for, for us at the time uh, that we thought, oh, you know, you know, what, what if what if a pimp uh, was to say this, or what if a girl was to to question you about that? Do, do we have a solid uh, backstory to this, or uh, do we even look the part? Uh, so th- there was certainly a lot of research, and, and just even being a fly on the wall in these kinds of places. Uh, I mean, they're not the greatest places to hang out at, but in order for us to do our job properly, every little detail about us had to fit in. Um, you know, from the clothes that we wear, the, the, the accents that, that we naturally have, um, plus the, uh, uh, the, the, the mode of transport or how we get there. Uh, it, it all has to tie in together with that alias that we're, we're building. Um, I mean, you know, we, we can't be coming out of a, a brand new Toyota uh, and say that we're from down the street when, mm. you know, when we're working in a slum area. Uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we dedicated a lot of time, uh, you know, just being a fly on the wall in, and these bars and these brothels and, and seeing how everything worked, seeing how the the customers engaged with uh, with the pimps and, and how they engaged with with the girls, uh, but also the type of language they use. Uh, is it a place uh, that was common to foreigners, uh, or was it just a a really uh, low-key, local kind of uh, establishment. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so all, all of those things we, we have to take into consideration uh, and then we'll try and build a, a profile uh, for ourselves around that. Yeah. Um, Destiny Rescue has a, a, a Christian faith basis to, to the reason that it exists. Um, how does faith play a part in in the work that you do, Alan? Uh, uh, massive. Uh, you know, even just us being there uh, in the first place, uh, you know, w- w- without getting too spiritual about this, like a, a lot of places that we go to, where actually it, it's new territory for us. A lot of the guys, uh, I digress. All of the guys that, that that's on our team at the moment. Uh, you know, we're all Christian guys who grew up in church and grew up in youth group. Uh, th- these aren't normal places for us to go to. We're not used to going to bars and, or, or we're not used to going to brothels. Mm. <laughs> um, so a lot of these places are a new territory for us and a lot of these red light districts uh, aren't the norm 
for us. Uh, so just even getting to these areas and, and finding these places really is a, a, a spirit-led, a, a God-led uh, event. Um, you know, we, we really can't put it down to anything else. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, a question that I'm not quite sure how to frame this correctly, so forgive me for the way it probably is going to come out, but you talked about, you know, from that perspective, it's not really you in any sense of it. There's a deep reason that you're there and you understand the, the purpose of it and that is certainly worthwhile and that's why you do that. Here you are in the seedy places. Um, is, there a, is there a way you, I, I, I suppose, cl- clean your soul again and, and, and who you are emotionally again? I know all of us, when we, we're sort of in the midst of something, it rubs off on us in the, in the way, even if we don't want it to in that sense. And it, you know, we might think yeah. about this or think about that. How do you go about sort of doing that inner clean when you have to and you, you're forced to think like that and act like that and, and be in that place? How does that go about? Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy turning, uh, you know, turning your persona on and off, uh, especially when you have to do it so often over so many cases, even throughout the day. Uh, you know, having calls and text messages from different pimps or, or different uh, uh, different girls, uh, and you're you're just out trying to have lunch with, with your wife and with your family. Um, it's quite hard to, to turn that on and off. But I think us having such a, a deep Christian background uh, and, and we're, we're all quite open uh, with each other uh, and we've, we all come, uh, we're, we're all connected to a church here. Uh, it, it definitely helps. Uh, it, 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 uh, it takes the edge off of, of having all of that burden on on ourselves. Uh, you know, we're able to talk to each other about uh, some of the struggles that, that we're going through, um, and some of the stuff that we've seen or, or encountered. Uh, you know, in, in whatever operation that, that we're involved in. Uh, yeah, so ha- just having that openness, uh, praying together. Uh, and being connected to a church and being spiritually uh, fed again and again and again seriously helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, we mentioned before that you know, as you go and do these operations, and especially when you come to the to the crunch time when you know you're actually going to do the rescue here, I'm guessing that it doesn't always go smooth sailing. Um, so what happens in those moments when things are not going right? Um, can you share any stories of those, even if you need to change the names or whatever it might be, of, of how you actually come about, you know, running, changing decisions on the fly, I suppose? Yeah, it's something that we have to do quite often. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're working with criminals who... Uh, who are used to thinking on their feet um, to, just to get out of situations. So we're, we're always having to, to counter that by trying to be faster, smarter, and uh, all that they are, just being more of that than they are. Um, I mean, there, there, there has been quite a few cases where things haven't gone to plan, uh, you know, where, where there's been tip-offs, where, where there's been... 
uh, girls that, that haven't turned up or, or pimps that, that haven't turned up. Um, but with the way that we structure our surveillances and, and operations, that there's, we, we try and uh, always allow for us to revisit that case uh, over and over without burning ourselves, without burning our personas. Uh, so it doesn't lead back to us of, of why there was a raid that was going on. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy to report that there hasn't been any uh, any major uh, incidents, uh, you know, anywhere in Destiny Rescue. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful. No, uh, no deaths on the job, etc. Yeah, and, and and at the end of the day, honestly, we're we're, we're not out there to be martyrs. We're, we're not out there to 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 be superheroes and, and kick down doors every night and, and and get these girls. We we have to try and do it as as smart as we can, as you know, within the law. Uh, you know, we, we have to consult and coordinate with uh, with judges as well as lawyers and whatnot. So. Uh, we're, we're not out there to be cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're chatting to Elmo. He's from Destiny Rescue and based over in the Philippines at the moment. We're going to be back in a couple of minutes' time as we talk about uh, some of the aftercare programs that Destiny Rescue is providing to these girls who have been rescued. Um, and we, we also want to uh, have a, a bit of a, a chat to um, uh, Elmo about um, how do we actually get involved? Maybe you're sitting here and thinking, what, what can I do to help this? What can I do to help Destiny Rescue? How do I get involved to, to make a difference? We'll chat to him about that next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. Elmo is having a chat to us uh, from the Philippines. Uh, an Aussie based over there and working with Destiny Rescue, which rescues uh, girls primarily, but women as well from uh, places where they're being forced into prostitution, in brothels, wherever it might be. And has been doing this for the past seven years now. Um, do you actually know how many um, people you've actually rescued yourself in that time, uh, Elmo? Uh, I haven't counted the numbers, um, but I'm guessing it, it'll probably be in the two and a half to 3,000 uh, victims in, in those seven years. Wow, just incredible. And we know that it's not just you by yourself, it is a team, but that, oh, that is that is still a staggering number of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things we did talk about a bit earlier on, but love to explore a bit more, is that um, your work specifically, Elmo, is more on that sort of front line and actually uh, doing that and then the rescuing of it. But the, the work of Destiny Rescue doesn't actually stop there, does it? There's a whole lot of aftercare sort of programs and, and ways of helping. Could you share a little bit of what, what occurs with that? Absolutely. So uh, every operation that we're involved in, uh, we always have social workers on hand. Uh, so as soon as the rescue, uh, the, the rescue or the raid happens, these girls immediately uh, being treated, uh, so you know, they're, they're getting counselling or, or uh, some level of counselling immediately, um, and then from there on, uh, we, we do partner up with specialist uh, facilities uh, right across uh, the Luzon Island, uh, which is the island that 
uh, Manila is on, uh, you know, either for schooling, uh, schooling and studying. So some of these girls who, uh, who would like to go back to school and, and finish their, uh, their high school, some, and, and, and this sounds terrible, uh, some as young as grade school, primary school, who would like to finish their, their primary school years, mm. uh, they're given that opportunity. Uh, some some of the older girls, uh, and, and again, re- refer to 16, 17-year-olds as older girls. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, who, who would like to get into some sort of industry or, or workforce, uh, that, that opportunity is there for them too. Uh, you know, they're provided with different uh, vocational trainings or uh, specialist uh, education. Um, but regardless of, of which area they want to focus on, there's obviously the uh, the Christian factor, the, the, the God factor that, that, that's involved in it, uh, plus uh, the counselling, uh, there's all sorts of different uh, internal programs uh, anything from as basic as your English and math uh, tuition uh, right through to uh, life skills and, and home uh, home skills like cleaning and cooking uh, preparing meals hygienically uh, a lot of stuff that, that maybe we took for granted you know, but these girls are now uh, you know, that they now have the opportunity to to learn these things. Yeah, excellent, just so so wonderful. Um, Elmo, I, I want to ask sort of a, a personal question. You, you mentioned you know you've been there seven years. That um, you know, with your family there as well. How long do you think this is something that you can sustain? And uh, this sort of a work uh, from from all of the reasons that I, this work is a very taxing work. How long do you think this is something that you'll be doing? Uh, personally, I, I, I devoted my whole life to this. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't see me stopping until this stops. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that the rest of the team feels the same way, yeah. and so many others from, from around our different projects around the world uh, feel the same way. It's, it's one of those things that. Once you see it and once you're involved in it, it it's hard to to escape it. Uh, yeah. you, you're always wanting to help the next person. You always want to uh, to see that person out of their struggle and, and out of their hurt. So, yeah, it, it's, there is no uh, end date for me over yeah. here. Yeah, that's incredible of you. Um, the, the work of Destiny Rescue is now actually in eight countries. I, I think there's couple of new countries that might have even came on during COVID, which is quite remarkable as well in that regards. Yeah. Um, for, for those who are perhaps listening right now and they're thinking, okay, how do I get involved? My understanding is there's, there is a few different ways, whether it might be donating or even saying, look, can I volunteer in some way? But I, I just want to check what are the ways people can get involved? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so multifaceted. Uh, we've got media teams, we've got marketing, we've got uh, our rescue teams, obviously. Uh, we've got our aftercare teams. There's so many different ways that, um, that you can get involved in and, and use uh, your skill sets in. Uh, 
the, the best way uh, to find out is to go to our website, thisyourrescue.org. Um, there, there's a couple of different links there that, that will take you to uh, what uh, what positions are available or uh, what the skill sets that, that are needed. Uh, even uh, every now and then, we, you know, our projects look for builders, uh, plumbers, electricians, all sorts of guys, uh, you know, just free, available, you know, want to, to give a hand. Uh, everyone and anyone can do something about this. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. That's destinyrescue.org. Uh, and you can find all the details there, whether it's that, as we said, the volunteering or the, the fundraising or the giving, whatever it might be. Uh, it truly is a remarkable work. Um, Elmo, we, we thank you so much for just taking the time to uh, spend a bit of time with us. As we said, you, you're in the Philippines. We're, we're not going to reuse your real name and show you your photo or whatever because of the work that you are doing. And as you said, you're, you're there for the long haul to, to make a change. And we do hope that uh, that change will come and the work that you're doing is certainly a part of that. Thank you again for your time. Great. Thank you for having me. Elmo is my special guest here on 89.9 The Light. He's from Destiny Rescue.